Hello, and welcome to mysisterskeeper.blog, the podcast. My name is Marcia Cato, and I'm so excited for you to join us today. I believe sisterhood is so much more than biological. It is a choice, an intentional decision to involve yourself in the life of another and in turn invite others to engage in your life. As a single mom, the vital role my sisters play in my life has never been clearer to me. Join my sisters as we explore motherhood with all its joys and challenges, co-parenting, mental and emotional health and wellness, and this beautiful thing called community. My aim here is simple, to engage a community of sisters, to share real life experiences and the lessons we've gleaned from them. Come with us as we journey to discover deeper connections as sisters, as human beings, to repossess the embodiment of community. This is my sister's keeper.blog. Hello, and thank you for joining us on the show today. I'm so glad that you chose to spend your time with us today. In today's episode of my sister's keeper.blog, we are doing an interview with Keisha Shaw Barnes. She is a licensed clinical mental health counselor say that five times fast, (laughs) a balanced life strategist and um, a mental health professional. She is my former counselor, in fact, and someone who I've gleaned so much wisdom from over the years. She is a mom. She is a lover of the creator and just a wonderful soul. I love every time I get an opportunity to speak with her and to glean from her. And I'm so excited to share this conversation with you all today. So please take a moment, pull up a seat and listen into the conversation. Hello and welcome to the podcast today. Um, my name is Marcia Cato. I'm your host, of course, and we have a special guest with us today. We have Keisha Barnes with us of uh, Rising Hope Clinical. Uh, Keisha is the agency director there uh, with lots of letters behind her name. I'm going to let her explain those. But uh, Keisha Barnes, M-A-L-C-M-H-C, oh my goodness, uh, author of Where's My Tank? A Strategy for Living a Full Life, and my former counselor. I say former because we're not currently in session, but I hope that if the need arises, we can do something about that. But we'll talk about that another time. (laughs) Keisha, thank you so much for joining us today. I am absolutely thrilled to be here. I'm so, so glad to be able to have you on today. It feels like such a full circle moment. Um, You were definitely there for the beginnings of this dream in so many ways. Uh, And I'm just so glad you were willing to be on, to be a part, and that you're willing to share just some of the wisdom that I found so life-giving in my journey. Okay. So um, starting out, I introduced, but would you tell us a bit more about yourself? Uh, Exactly what do these letters behind your name stand for? Not anything super important. Um, Honestly, the MA just means that I have my master's. Um, The other letters, I still cannot roll them off my tongue because when I first came out of school, I was an LPC and the state decided they wanted to change that. So um, I am a licensed clinical mental health counselor. That is what those letters stand for. Okay. All right. Good deal. So um, for history, for our, our listeners, um, Keisha and I worked together 
We started working together back in 2017. I think I was, what, maybe eight or nine months after having my little one at the time and right in the heyday of my hot mess stage, as I like to call it. (laughs) You may not agree. You may agree. Either is fine. Know what you're talking about. (laughs) Okay. Well, um, I came to you at the time. I was really struggling with anxiety, depression, um, and looking back, I would call it chronic indecision. chronic indecision. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what I said going in as far as what I was struggling with. I couldn't find any of those records. But in doing a few deep dives of, say, my um, my electronic notes, the joys of Dropbox, Google Drive, and Evernote, um, I ran across so many notes of homework that uh, homework that you'd given me over the months, as well as a couple of handouts. Um, there was one that I found particularly intriguing. Let's see if I can remember what it's called. Ah, common self-defeating beliefs. Yes, yes, yes. Common self-defeating <laughs> beliefs. Uh, you mind sharing a little bit about that? So common self-defeating beliefs. I wish I were brilliant enough to have come up with that. I did not. Um, I will give Dr. David Burns all of his credit because I think he's brilliant. Um, I kind of stumbled across his list. Uh, I came straight out of school wanting to do all the things that I was taught. So I knew what cognitive reframing was, and I'll explain what that is in a second. I knew what it was, but nobody really told me how to do it. And so the way that I did it is I would ask my clients, well, what are your unhealthy beliefs? And once they identified them, then we would change them to something else and 99.9% of my clients would look at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I don't have any unhealthy beliefs. I have no clue. What are you saying? And we would be like deadlocked in this place where they really would have no idea what I meant when I said that, because a lot of what goes on in all of our heads, we believe is true. We believe it's fact. We believe Everybody else should see it the same way. So when I came across his list, I think I heard Angel saying it was like this moment, seriously, (laughs) because (laughs) he identifies these common self-defeating beliefs that truly are, I think it's either 23 or 24 statements that I have yet to come across one human being that is an adult that has not at some point in their life struggled with one, in most cases, multiple of those beliefs. And really what they do is they kind of serve as this overarching umbrella of the manner in which we see, experience, life. So a lot of times I'll explain it like saying each common self-defeating belief that you choose, each one that you say, this one resonates with me. Like the very first one happens to be one of mine's, one of mine, and that is, I must never fail to make a mistake. So it's almost like if I have that one and let's say five other of the 23 or 24 statements, it's like me wearing a set of glasses for each one of those common self-defeating beliefs, which means the manner in which I see the world Mm 
is going to be affected by that belief system. And so oftentimes we will see and hear things that are not really happening because of those overarching umbrellas of our experiences. And oftentimes those self-defeating beliefs, um, they typically, I can't say all the time, but they typically are um, sown somewhere earlier in our childhood. I I definitely remember and still very much identify (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with a lot of the 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 items that I had highlighted, I'm like, well, yeah, and no, I still I still have a tendency to do that. I may not engage in it actively, but it's still there. It's still there. Um, and it's it's enlightening one and just the reminder of um these tools that you gave me to be able to recognize places where I'm not naturally strong, if you will, or places where um, I have a blind eye to how I view the world because of this belief and making sure that I have a a way to stop myself and say, wait, no, no. Is this real and valid or is this like the martial lens? (laughs) Yes. Yes. I like that. I like that a lot. Yes. I'm going to start saying that to myself. Is that the Keisha lens or... (laughs) Yeah, that's a great point. You know, it really boils down to we have to be willing to recognize that maybe the way that we see the world is not accurate. Um, A lot of times the way that we see the world is not accurate. (laughs) And that's hard for people to grapple with. And a lot of times people aren't even willing to consider that until coming to counseling. And I know for so many people just taking the step to even start seeing a counselor is such a big deal. Like I, I remember very, very vividly where I was when I finally was like, okay, <laughs> okay. I need to, I, I need to get some help because mm-hmm. this isn't healthy for anyone, least of all me living it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, it was interesting how long it took me, like looking back and realizing how much time had passed and knowing the struggle that I was in, like postpartum was very difficult for me um, and not necessarily from a physiological standpoint. I think I just was really um, overwhelmed, if you will, and I did not have any more bandwidth. Like I had nothing left yeah. to give. There, there was no leeway left. And it's like, okay, the rubber is about to be gone. There's nothing in between me and the road. Mm-hmm. So we need to do something. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember um, my OBGYN, um, my nurses, the lactation nurses, like there were so many medical professionals who I saw during that time period. Mm -hmm. And they would always ask and check in with the list of questions to make sure that I wasn't in danger of, say, self-harm or something along those lines, which is wonderful. Right. I appreciated it. Those tests, though, they didn't help me. (laughs) It's like, okay, I don't have a problem living. However, how I'm living it's it's not great. That's not, it's not it. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. like on top of the wow, taking this little 
human home that I'm supposed to be keeping alive. Right. And then the whatever hot mess is going on with my emotions right now. <laughs> there was no give. There was no give. Yeah. Um, can you tell me in your experience, do you find that uh, a lot of your clients, there is some some catalyst, some major event that drives them to seek out counseling? That's a good question. And honestly, it has changed. And I love the way that it has changed. Mm -hmm. So when I first became a counselor back in, I started interning in 2010. So back then, probably 99.9% of my clients came to me because they were desperate. They had, they had tried all the things that they knew. They didn't know anything else. And so they landed on my couch. Now, whether that was because they truly wanted to, or whether it were people in their lives, whether it be a spouse or children or friends or whatever, somebody saying, you need to get some help. They really were at a place of desperation when they came to me. Now, I will be honest. I love the place of desperation because the manner in which individuals are willing to do the work to change, it's phenomenal in a lot of cases. Like, you know, when people when people get sick and tired of being sick and tired, we've heard that, then they're willing to do the work. And and I saw that in a lot of my clients. I was able to see them make tremendous progress. Um, they kept putting one foot in front of the other, even when it got extremely hard. And and they knew that I would I would stay in the trenches with them. So that was probably, I don't know, probably six or seven, maybe even eight years of my career. Probably in the last three or four years, I have really noticed, and, and I, I honestly think that celebrities probably play a role in this because celebrities have started to talk a lot about mental health. And as a result, it has made mental health and getting counseling very cool and trendy. Um, and I'm here for it. Okay. I really am. Because what I've seen is I have had a significant amount of clients, in particular black males, which has made me want to do cartwheels if I were not wow. old, um, come to me and say, hey, I don't really have anything significant going on. I just want to be better. I want to be my best self. I want to show my nephews how to be good men. I want to show like it was that type of thing. And I was like, wait a minute minute. This is amazing. Oh my goodness. That is beautiful. So that, that has been the shift in, in recent years that people are like, this is actually a really cool thing to do. And the same way I take care of my body and I eat right. And I, I get a gym membership and I work out the same way I do those things. It is equally as important for me to figure out what's going on on the inside of me. And even if there's nothing wrong, per se, mm -hmm. um, even if I don't have any significant trauma, I'm still a human and I want to make sure that I'm navigating life well. Right. Yeah, that's that's so beautiful. And um, I agree completely that there, there has definitely been a shift in how 
uh, mental health is perceived. And it is such a blessing, especially for those who have really significant struggles with their mental health um, to normalize it. So it's not something that they're afraid to share with their community so that if there is a sister that I have who this is a struggle for her, I now know specifically what it is that might be an issue, be it um, past trauma of various kinds, be it grief or um, things of that nature. And where before, if we were so busy holding up our armor, so to speak, yeah, you don't really know except for the time during perhaps during praise and worship where you see a tear fall here or there and you don't know why. You just say, yes. oh, I'm praying for you, sister. I'm praying for you. But mm-hmm. to be able to be trusted in this way to say, hey, this is my weak point. And I'm inviting you in to help me to gain yeah. more strength here. Yeah. I think that's just beautiful. I think it's just beautiful. And um, just to be able to hold each other up in that way Absolutely. can only can only be a benefit, can only be a benefit for us all, for us all. Yeah. Wow. Well, one of the things that I, I did want to dig in just a bit deeper with the common self-defeating beliefs, because I know if you have never heard the list before, having an idea of some of the things that might be listed, I think could be really clarifying to people. And Mm -hmm. um, also just just to make you realize that, no, this isn't some outlandish, off-the-wall thought pattern. Like these are normal thought patterns that I think we've all had at some point in time. Well, not all, but many of them. so uh, I would I would start with one that I know was my my big my big one. Perceived okay. perfectionism. Ah. Perfectionism, yes. <laughs> People won't love me if they know that I'm flawed or vulnerable. Mm. Yes, this one this one still gets me. <laughs> it's, it's this one gets, gets a lot of people. It yeah. really does. Mm-hmm. Um I wonder, I mean, I I can say from my own perspective what it is that makes me so uncomfortable with this idea of having flaws bared. But from a, I guess, professional standpoint, what what is it about this idea of perfectionism that we hold on to so strongly? I, I, I don't really, I don't know what the draw is. So I'm going to tell you what one of the draws are is, I don't know how I'm supposed to say that. (laughs) Um, One major benefit of perfectionism, and I know because I lived it, is it gets you to places you want to go. Like that is the benefit of being a perfectionist. You're going to be you're going to have the highest grades in your class. You're going to be the captain of the football team or the cheerleading squad. You're going to be the teacher's pet. You're going to get the promotions. You're mm-hmm. you're going to do all the things that you set out to do because you're a perfectionist. Yeah. So that's the benefit, right? The thing that nobody talks about is all of the weight of stress and strain that you're under on a consistent basis. Mm -hmm. Um, 
perfectionist. And here's the other thing. People often believe that's truly who they are. Like they take on perfectionism as a part of their identity. And that's not how you were created. That's not who you were created to be. But we cozy into it like this nice warm blanket. And we're like, Mm -hmm. well, that's just me. I'm just a perfectionist. I'm just type A. I'm just whatever the things are that we say. And they're not true. They're not true. The truth of the matter is we are all flawed um, because we're human. And what allows us to have deep relationships is people knowing our flaws, knowing our vulnerabilities and being willing to walk with us through them. The interesting thing about me being a perfectionist is although I could accomplish all the things, I was not relatable to anybody because people thought I was perfect. So people were like, well, when they struggled, I was the last person they wanted to go to because they were like, well, I'm not going to go to Keisha. Clearly she doesn't struggle with her confidence or she doesn't struggle with, you know, anything while internally I was a hot mess, (laughs) internally (laughs) hot mess express. Um, And what's so funny is on the outside, when I was the most perfectionistic, I looked the most put together, but internally I was a mess. Mm -hmm. Now, some people probably say, she don't give a hoot toot how she looks. Um, (laughs) I cannot imagine anybody saying that about you. But the the level of freedom that I walk in now where I truly I don't I don't need anybody's approval on my hair. I don't need anybody's approval on my clothes. I don't I told you that's why I showed up for this with no makeup or nothing else, because because I don't do those things normally. So why do them now? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But I realized in my being human in my being flawed, in my being, in my willingness to say, I hurt just like everybody else hurts. I get stressed just like everybody else gets stressed. I worry just like other people worry. I cry. I get jealous. I'm insecure. When I started saying those things, the level of depth that happened in all of my relationships was amazing. I mean, it truly was amazing because we had shared experiences because we were all human. I wasn't the superhuman with all the human friends. We were all very human and we were able to be human together. And I think that is, that is the beauty to be able to be human together. And then invariably there will then be those, uh, dips and valleys, those places where one person is stronger in an area and yeah. can give some guidance or someone else is stronger in, in another area. Um, I have a I have a group of girlfriends that oh, we have been really, really tight, especially since the pandemic. And uh, I, I'm not sure what I would do without these sisters, honestly. I love that. And the beauty of the group is that we're not all the same personality or same life experience, same industry career wise, yeah. none mm-hmm. of that. 
Um, <laughs> our one shared focus is that we all went to the same church at one point in time. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> you know, so we have the same life track goal <laughs> in that regard. Yes. But what I love about these sisters, about these ladies, is that I know after I'm not even sure how many months it's been. It's been too long that I can just send out a text message. I need you all to pray for X, Y, Z. And I may not be able to go into any greater detail at that time other than that one one sentence. And Mm -hmm. then three or four text messages back, done, praying, lifting you up. And just to know that I have that kind of support that I have um, those kind of people who are dialed into my life Mm -hmm. has been so affirming. And then to be able to give the same, to give and receive that concept. It's amazing. It's amazing. Truly amazing. Truly amazing. I hope that you enjoyed this portion of my conversation with Keisha It really was such a breath of fresh air to get a chance to speak with her again. Now that I'm no longer one of her clients, we don't really get a chance to chat like this very often. Well, I hope that you will tune back in in upcoming weeks as we delve more into her book, Where's Your Tank? A Strategy for Living a Full Life, and talk more about the things that I learned while in counseling with her. I look forward to what we get to get into in the upcoming weeks. Thank you so much for joining us today on the MySistersKeeper.blog podcast. My hope is that you will hear a little of your story or your sister's story in the experiences we share here and know that you are not alone. Motherhood is fierce. Life is challenging. But I believe that the Creator will give us what we each need to equip us for the task at hand. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and rate on your favorite podcast app. Let our time together inspire us to show up and connect with someone today. Let's go out and live connected lives.